From ThatShelf.com, this is Black Hole Films. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. What's a black hole film, you ask? Well, you know those films you always meant to get around to watching, but you never did for whatever reason? Well, that's what they are. And this podcast is all about embracing them and checking those films off our lists and talking about them and whatever else happens to come up. I'm Canadian filmmaker Jeremy Lalonde, and I will be your host. You can follow me on Twitter at LalondeJeremy, or check out my website, JeremyLalonde.com, for more information on me and my projects. If you like the show, please subscribe to it, rate, review it, and leave a comment on whatever platform it is you're listening. It really does make a difference in helping to get more ears tuning in. And if you like this show, check out the others on the ThatShelf.com family of podcasts. And without further delay, let's get into this week's film. This is episode 96, and today I'm joined by Alice Moran, who is an actor and a writer. You've seen her as a series lead on shows like Sunnyside and Crawford, as well as appearing on The Beaverton and Man Seeking Women. And we're going to sit down and watch a film together. So we're sitting down to watch Bull Durham. I'm Jeremy. I have not seen the film. Uh, I'm Alice. I have never seen this film. You no. you said that in a way that you're not sure. I don't. I don't. Not even really sure what this movie is. So I'm like, I'm pretty sure I haven't seen it. Oh, that's good. So I mean, what do you know about the movie then? Is it about football? Not football. Baseball. Oh, okay. Then cool. But I'm more excited than I was. I was like, ah, football. I don't know anything about it. Well, that's why I, I picked it for you. Perfect. Because I'm, so I'm like, because I know you're a baseball fan. I love baseball. And so I was like, I thought. That was a good. I, it was on my list. I think we we went back and forth over a couple titles, but I, I I was I've been saving this movie just to watch with you. Dope! I'm very excited. There's been a couple of times where I almost put it on, and I was like, No, I will get Alice in here. I'm, we're gonna watch this movie. So you know nothing about. I know this movie. nothing about this movie. Not even the cast. No. I'm mean, so I won't say anything. I, I love not knowing anything about a movie and watching it. It's my favorite great. thing. I don't know much. All I know is the sport, and I know uh, at least two of the cast members. Uh, and I know that it came out at a time when Hollywood was, there's always, you know, Hollywood goes through these cyclical rules of like, no one wants to watch a movie about this. And just before this movie, I know there was a thing that's like, baseball movies, no one wants to watch a baseball movie. And then this movie came out and Major League and then I think Field of Dreams. And then clearly Hollywood went, oh, I guess people want to watch baseball movies. Um, so what are some of your favorite sports movies then? Ooh, okay. I just rewatched The League of Their Own. So good. I watched that with my kids recently. It's a, so good. It's still, still, it's so still good. like, I'm like, this might be perfect. Like, it, it's aged super well, which is the nightmare as you go back and you rewatch a sports movie and you went, oh, this aged terrible. Like, what's, what's one that you think aged terribly? Maybe not aged terribly, but like, I, with, a, with a nephew at Christmas, I watched... The Mighty Ducks, and I was just annoyed the whole time. I was like, "You can't, you can't give someone two minutes for roping as a penalty. That's an automatic ejection." Yeah. Also, the flying V. I'm pretty sure is offside. <laughs> I never thought of it that way. That's funny. It's also insane because none of the Hawks are on the ice every time they're doing. Like, there's they have done a bad job with, with placement of the other team. Like, they're not in either shot. Meaning when they're doing the flying V. So when they are making. Crossing into the offensive zone, the Hawks, the best team in the league, have decided to just let them go. To just have a full line change, yeah, and go. And I, in which case, why do you need the flying V? I'm like, yeah, you guys, you guys had a breakaway. I don't. It, it makes fi- no it was sense. Five on one. Yeah, all of the hockey in that movie is makes no sense. And I guess when I was a kid, I just didn't know better. But watching that as an adult, I'm like, oh, this is also. If you get a DUI, why do they let you be around children? That's yeah, there's a whole but that was the one thing that when I rewatched it with my kids like a year ago, I went, "Wait a fucking minute. He's got a yeah, that doesn't because he used to play hockey. That doesn't make any sense." Yeah, it's it's pretty wild. Can you imagine as a parent if they're like, "Hey, we got you a cool coach. They used to be in the NHL. They have a heroin problem. Here you go." Can you imagine pitching that movie now with the same <laughs> character? People, the, the Disney actually look at you like you were fucking insane. Yeah, you, Co- Coach Gordon Bombay is ha- an absurd character. He would have to just get a speed, it would have, have to be like an insane speeding ticket. Would be what he's in trouble for. There's no way you could involve alcohol or drugs. Yeah. Y- yeah, it, it's a very weird movie. It did not hold up the way I thought it was. It wasn't even like fun, uh, nostalgic. Like, you know, like, oh, I remember loving this. It just was like, oh. I guess I was a dumb kid. 
Well, no, it's 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 geared for kids that Young are not kids. that are not thinking too much about the movie. Yeah, but I loved hockey as a kid, and I was like, how how did I not see how bad the hockey in this movie I is? I just I, I finally for the first time watched Miracle. Yeah, well, that's a cry fest. Yeah, so and um, tears all over the and, place. And watched it with the kids, and they loved it. So that's that's the one. So. People who uh, have young children, don't show them Mighty Ducks. Show them Miracle. Yeah, Miracle's great. It's super fun. Yeah, because some radio personality was doing some Twitter poll about best sports movies of all time, and many people seem to say Miracle was it's, one I of think them. it's the best hockey movie. Granted, I haven't seen all hundred that have come out at TIFF, but... I accidentally watched Slapshot with my son when he was like six or seven. That's a movie that I didn't watch the longest time, and then I was like, hey, let's watch this movie, and my friend had never seen it, and they were horrified. Yeah, there. well, it, it was the kind of thing where it doesn't really get super terribly inappropriate until, what, halfway through? And it was it was like my son was on a sick day, and so I was just like, oh, it's a hockey movie. Yeah, my, and I knew when I was a kid, but I think when I was his age as a kid, my parents were going to let me watch it, and then something happened. So I was like, well, this can't be that inappropriate. Of course, I forget that my parents just didn't care. I let me watch whatever I wanted. And so we got about halfway through, and then they say something ridiculously inappropriate. My son just looks at me, and I was like, but you cannot tell mommy that <laughs> you heard that or saw that. He's like, I won't tell her if you let me watch the rest. What's amazing So I made a Faustian bargain with my son. That What's amazing about that movie is that it was so progressive at the time. Like... Uh, oh, what's the name of their main character? What's that, that actor's name? I can't. Well, Paul Newman. Paul Newman. Paul Newman's character is like so supportive of women being lesbians. He's like, hey, don't judge a lesbian. Like he's, he doesn't use that word, but he's like super like like cool about it in this, which is great for the seventies. Like this is a progressive character. How it has aged though. You're like, yikes, yikes, yikes. This movie is bad for the LGBTQ community. But at the time, it would have been like. Whoa! This is an amount of representation that isn't in film. Yeah, and what do you feel? Because I mean, this conversation comes up a lot on the podcast. But what, how do you feel about when you watch movies like that that clearly are you know thirty, forty years old, are of a certain time for a certain type of person? And it's like, are you able to just kind of put it in a box and go? It's kind of what it is. They probably wouldn't do that now if they were to remake this. Yeah. Or do you just go, no, we should just scratch that off? It, like, I mean, it's it's a case-by-case case for me. Yep. Uh, Slapshot is in a particularly special place in my heart because it's written by a woman. So that's a personal, like, squad goals for me. Um, yeah, and I don't know. It is progressive for its time. So even though it's aged horribly, yeah, uh, to view it in the context of its time makes it more remarkable as a film. And that's what I try to do. I try to go, at this time, this is what was going on, and this is why it was special. This movie is progressive for its time, and I get that it's not that now, but it's... What do you you want? Like, it's also... I don't think current hockey players are that much less crass than this movie. Like, I think this movie is still a representation of accurately of what a lot of hockey is like. I... Yeah. Yeah. I, that's what people talk like. Every time they catch someone talking on mic on, it, you, on the NHL, you're like, oh, God, you said some rough stuff there, bud. Yeah, hockey as a sport baffles me in so many ways. Like, just the fighting aspect still continues to baffle me. When you think about, like, we were just watching the Super Bowl with my my son, and I said, "What? Are, can you imagine just at the end of a play if one of the players walked over and just decked the other player? Like, that's insanity. That would be insanity. Or the way that happened with the Jays a couple years ago was Batista got punched, right? Yeah, by uh, Odor. Pandemonium. Like, front page news on all the sports things (laughs) the next day. But it's one of those things where it's just like, in hockey, that's just part of the game. And if they don't do that, the fans are upset. Yeah. It's bonkers that fighting is still such a part of that game and has never nobody really goes... Maybe we should stop doing this. I have such conflicting feelings about fighting in hockey because I grew up as like a real in a real part of Canada that's all about that life. Oh, same, same here. Uh, and I, I have a fondness for it, but then I've also had a concussion now, and I know what a what an upsetting, horrible thing that is. And I have a hard time justifying. I like this thing, but I would never wish this upon anybody. Yeah, like your brain not working correctly in ways that you can't register. 
is is terrifying. That's just it. And there are sports, like you look at sports like boxing and football, where part of the actual physical sport is being hit in ways that can hurt you in that way. And th- those are conversations that are going on all the time about football and, and the lasting effects of it. But it's like, that's something that happens in hockey unnecessarily. There's no reason for I mean, it. I think we're getting moving away from it because the sport is getting faster. But then I think, but the, the, the weird side of like, you know, you have a uh, you have a player like Connor McDavid. He's the best, but he's not drawing enough penalties because the NHL is trying to make penalties even. So it's like the Oilers pretty much need to get people to goon it up. Because I'm like, well, if the NHL isn't going to step in and do their goddamn job and ref these games, then the Oilers have to respond by being like, then we got to crack skulls. There's no choice. Yeah. It's very interesting because I feel like the NHL is either going to have to get 100% better at refing or the game might get more violent again. Like, it was trending to be less huh. so, and it might go back up. Because the Oilers really need to defend Connor McDavid. You can't spend that much money on a player. You can't have a player that good and let him not draw penalties. If he's not going to draw penalties, then people got to be like, then he's, we have to protect him on our own. There you go. So you're pro Kraken Skull. I mean, I'm pro Connor McDavid. <laughs> That's fair. That is fair. All right. So, uh, so let's take it. We should just watch the movie. Let's watch this movie. I like that we both know very little about it. I love never. I, that's why when I saw Serenity last night, I went in knowing nothing and was just having a time about it. Being I, like, what is this? I can almost guarantee you just, just knowing what I do know about just like the love for this movie. I think you'll enjoy this better than Serenity. Oh, I, it won't. It has a very low bar. That's like <laughs> saying like, hey, my dinner is definitely better than that time you puked on yourself. Like, I'd be like, oh, cool. <laughs> Well, I'm glad that's where we set the bar. High. So high. <laughs> all right, let's do it. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. All right, we just finished. And? I love that movie so much. Wasn't it great? Yeah, I can't believe I haven't seen it. It's like completely up my alley. Yeah, it's like I'm, I'm, I, I almost wish I was taking notes throughout because there's so many little, little... It was all about like... Because it's a movie with... It's such a small plot. There's not really a plot at all. Mm-hmm. Other than get um, get Nuke to the big leads. Well, to the show. So this summer I read a book called The Only Rules It Has to Work. And it's about these guys who try to take like big league analytics to like the lowest tier baseball. And the book starts out about that. But at the end of the book, in the second half of the season, it ends up being like about the brutality of the minor leagues. Where like your best players leave by the end of the season. And everyone left is there because they're not going to the show. Like, yeah. it's kind of like where you either start or where you end. So, like, that cross section is so brutal. And beautiful, though, right? Yeah, like, it's so cool. And I think this this movie was kind of that. It was like a beautiful portrait of minor league baseball. Of like, what happens when you fall out of a sport but you didn't, like... You never hit. yeah. Which I'm always like I'm increasingly fascinated with. Yeah, it's such a it's it's kind of about in a weird way life and death. Yeah. You know, it's like it's about in at the beginning, like Kevin Costner's told, he's like, We we brought bought you out of your triple A contract to put you here to get him ready to go to the show. That was his function the entire movie. And when he succeeds, it it f- kills his career. Yeah. And I think, and that's and that's what's great when you, when you play it back, and you think about his reaction when he finds out that Nuke is going up, it's like he knows already. Of course he would. You would totally n- know that that's coming. You would hope that maybe you get to stay up to the end of the season because it was like it seemed like it was the dog days of summer there. But and also oh, it's like so brutal. Baseball is such a brutal did, sport. You did your job. Yeah. But and no, they want to get this guy, so he's there for next season, I guess. Yeah, it really is, because, I mean, the minor leagues, I was thinking about while we were watching, it really is just about a training ground. Yeah. Yeah, like, even in, like, like hockey, but, it's always interesting when you look at the older guys who are there, because the older guys... There's a who are, sadness they, to cause it. Because they know they're not, they either aren't going to make it, or their time where they were up is not coming back. Like, and it's, we never think of that with athletes, we think of being the best, but we don't think of being really good, yeah. but not enough that is the most relatable thing on earth i think to be so great at something and to still not be like 
Yeah, they're still better than 99% of human beings that play the sport. 100%. Even, like, there was, um... Ooh, there was a really interesting piece this summer where, uh... A minor league NHL... I'm sorry, not NHL. But a minor league goalie was talking about the mental toll of being a minor league goalie and knowing if you have a bad game, you might not be able to make rent. Like, if you get oh. fired, you have nothing. Jesus. Like, you, you, there, you're staying in, like, uh... Uh, housing provided by the team. So if you if you get fired, you have nowhere to live, and you don't have a lot of you're not saving a ton of money, and you're on the road constantly. So you don't have a support network. It was a very bleak picture, and it's like, and you're staying here thinking maybe I'll get called up someday. It's like being a Canadian actor. Oh God. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's interesting, and I was thinking how it's like. There, there seemed, what I, one aspect that I really liked, and, and, and I thought this movie did well, was I wonder, there's got to be a special pride for the coaches when one of their players gets called up, because it, it reflects well on them. Yeah, well, that was a big part of that, the, the only world that has to work, is they were like, oh, we want people to get called up, because that means we're smart, and we did a good job, and we really, really like these guys. So I think you'd be so proud, but it's also so frustrating, because it means your team gets worse the better a job you do. Well, it's almost like they don't, it's not, it's not, it doesn't really matter if they win or lose. It's as long as they're grooming the players. Yeah. But if you develop a team that's like killing it first half of the season, then the the Majors comes in, takes your team, and all of a sudden you have a brand new team. That's what I mean. It's almost like if you win the championship by the end of the year, you didn't do that well because you didn't, your players didn't get promoted. It's really impressive, I think, actually, when like a, like a minor league team wins a championship because like you did a good job under the condition of every time a player got great, you lost them. Yeah, fascinating, so fascinating. Yeah, and this movie was such a cool portrait of that because it really was like this is the guy that we all know is going to the major leagues, and this is the guy we know that it's over, and this is how they interact all season. It's so cool to watch. Yeah, it's such, and there, and, then, and I mean, it's interesting because all, in, you know, if you pull it back, like the characters are, are could very easily have been tropes, you know? Yeah. Because they like the, like the old seasoned vet, the young rookie, you know, the girl that gets between them, you know. But the movie never falls into any of them. It's so weird in sports to think of like an old vet is like thirty two. Yeah. That's. I keep forgetting that about the NHL when I'm watching people, and I'm like, right, 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 you're 10 years younger than I am. You are a child. When I was 22, I was the dumbest thing on the planet. Yeah, it's funny, even until recently when I just saw him, but it's like, I always thought of Wayne Gretzky being so young when he was, uh, after his retirement, we're like, oh, right, you weren't that old when you retired because you're not, you don't retire that old. Yeah, like the best case scenario, you make it to your late thirties. Yeah, and that's and that's and then you're drifting by, and they're keeping you around because of your name. Yeah, and like I mean, baseball has some people who make it a little bit up there, but well, all the greats do is like Jordan played basketball into his forties, almost right. Yeah, I always think I remember when I was a kid, people were always ripping on Jordan for his minor league baseball stint, but it's ludicrous that you can be that good at two sports. Yeah, that's just it. If you like rip on him for that, I'm like, no, no, no. Take a second. If you are in, uh, if you are in affiliate ball, you are an impressive person, even if you affiliate ball. But then you're also the greatest basketball player of all time, and decent at baseball is <laughs> wild. Yeah, it's pretty good, pretty solid. Um, Tim Robbins is such a baby in this movie. He's such a cutie. <laughs> I feel like this Tim Robbins is like maybe my dream man. He's pretty great. It's pretty great. What's that great line uh, Kevin Costner has right when we first meet him? Almost right just after we first meet him. It's like, you, if you fell out of a boat, you couldn't hit water. Oh, that's so good. Such a, <laughs> like, such a, such a hot burn. It's great. Good diss. But it's just, I love that little moment too. Like you think they're going to fight and it's just the way he diffuses it is so beautiful. And then he lets him know that, by the way, I'm your catcher. There was also, this book movie was really cool for, oh man, I've read too many books about baseball, but I read a lot of... I read Moneyball, and in Moneyball, when they're talking about Billy Bean's career and why it didn't quite work for him, is it's kind of, they talk about this idea of, like, the best players don't think, and so Billy Bean is this, like, analytical mind who's really thinking things through, and the more he tries to think about why isn't it working, the more he gets bad at baseball, the more his career fizzles, whereas the people he started baseball with were just, like, happy to be there, oh, so great that I'm on the team, like, just... Just genuinely not thinking about anything 
and they just become superstars. And what a maddening thing that would be to be very good at a sport and to know that the thing that holds you up is the fact that you're pretty smart. Yeah, I think, but I think that's true of almost anything. Like I think of like my best days on set or my best days writing is when I've done all my prep and I threw it all away and I just went with my gut. Totally. And and all those things guided me and I got through it and came up with stuff that I never would have if I was just sticking to my rules I'd preset. But what I liked about this movie was it was like Kevin Costner was this really smart gets baseball, but it doesn't translate to him having the physical gift yeah. that Tim Robbins' character had, which is so cool. Yeah. Which but is like that's that is like people talk about that in sport, and I'm like, well, whoever did this movie knows baseball to a wild degree. Ron Shelton, it's good, it's good Ron writing. Ron Shelton, uh, yeah, what a great. It's interesting too because it's like I guess technically she's the main character, although it really is this this three hander, which you don't often see in movies, yeah. right? Like Kevin Costner isn't introduced until about you know almost ten minutes into the movie, really, uh, and I love. Yeah, again, it just it really defies every every moment and every expectation. Like when she brings him over and she's like, "I'm gonna pick one of you too," and he's like, "No, you're not. I'm yeah. not. I'm not playing." And then because very easily you could have assumed the movie was gonna be about that and about this rivalry, and he's just like, "No, not playing your game. Enjoy. You guys do your thing." Yeah, this movie didn't give me any of the things that I was annoyed that it was going. I thought when I thought they were gonna happen because I, for instance, I thought. I thought Kevin Costner and Susan Sarandon were going to hook up and then Tim Robbins would be all sad about it. But yeah. they didn't. That's not the way this played out. And I was like, oh, thank you for not doing the lazy bullshit. They get in a fight halfway through. Yeah, that's like, what you're expecting to see. Most movies do that. They're like, we got to find a reason for them to fight. And they did in this movie. But it was that wild bar, that uh, pool hall scene. I'm like, this is not what I expected at all. And, even and it's it, so much more real and interesting. Yeah, and even he doesn't want to, and, and, you know, um, Tim Robbins does not want to fight him. And when he does, he does push him with, I, I, I even noticed that, that he punched him with his left hand. Yeah, he did. And then Kevin Costner double checks. He hit me with the left, right? Good. Don't hit me with your right. Like, they're still, he's still looking out for him, you yeah. know? This was a cool movie. It's so good. Just all the just little things, like... The small things I just really appreciate, like that moment when they, all the players slowly come to the mound, and then Robert Wool comes in and says, "What the fuck is going on?" He's like, "Well, his glove is cursed. We need a chick. We need a rooster to kill. Uh, you know, this is going with him. This is going and uh, and the uh, buddy's got engaged, and we're trying to figure out what the fuck to buy. There's a lot of shit going on. Yeah, that was and that's very... all that scene is about. Yeah, this movie was like. I, what I liked about it is it just whenever it wanted to have a, its own like moment, and like this moment is happening, and it, it, don't worry, it's just a good moment of this and movie. And it's charming, and it's fine. It just found a bunch of just funny, real... Everything about this felt so real to me. And I love that tracking shot where Susan Sarandon passes the note over to Kevin Costner, and we just hold it, oh, it follows yeah. along, goes down, lands on him, he writes back, and you see that he clearly wrote Let's Fuck or something. Yeah. And then it pans back, goes back over to her and the girl and Millie. Is it Millie? Millie. Millie changes. The, she wants to make love. Uh, just little stuff like that was just beautiful moments. And even the cheesies that when they're having sex in the bathtub, and then it pans over to the candles and they're splashing. Nuts. Yeah. Like it's like that's such a cheesy moment, but I was like, ah, you you've earned it, movie. I mean, I also just love the moment of like she's in bed tied up and it she's like going for it and you're like, oh, he's going down on her and it pans over and he's painting her toenails. I'm like. Damn, son. They are tantric tonight. That, 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 <laughs> that was it, a cool it, moment. What, what, what I didn't think about until the end of the scene was I'm like, oh, that's all one night. Yeah. They went all fucking night long. And they stopped for a, a cereal break. They stopped for cereal. And they peanut, stopped to paint her nails. I think she was eating peanut butter, I believe. Oh, I thought she was eating ice cream. Out of a, oh, maybe. It looked like it looked like a screw top, whatever that jar oh, was. I have no idea what the fuck she was eating. He was eating Wheaties. He was eating Wheaties. And then we had a little conversation over because I'm like, I've never had Wheaties because they don't, that's not a thing in Canada. I think they're just like, they're like, uh... Like sh- our shredded wheat or mini wheats. I think they're, they're, mini, shred- they're mini wheats, but without the frosting. I oh, without? Like. Okay. So then that's just, that's just, um, what's our version of that? I don't know. It's just shredded wheat. Shredded wheat's like big though. Mmm. So it's like if a shreddy and shredded wheat had a baby... Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I mean, I'm not an expert, but I'm pretty sure that's what Wheaties are. Yeah, so that's that's our Canadian interpretation of your your Wheaties cereal. Don't know what it is for sure. I'm pretty all I know sure. is 
I just know the pop culture reference of like famous athletes being on the Wheaties box. Yeah, like, I couldn't quite see who the athlete was on the box, and I was like, I wonder if that was a cool thing. Yeah, was they didn't really cool... give it to us. We spent. We were trying to figure out who, what team that that he got called up to in the majors because they don't let us know at all. And I'm looking at that ballpark, and I didn't recognize the. Well, ballpark. it's made up. I think yeah. the teams are all made up. So you thought it might be the Oakland A's. Yeah, because uh, I just watched Moneyball. And in Moneyball, he makes reference to driving up to see an affiliate team in Visalia. Was it your first time seeing Moneyball? No, I watched Moneyball a lot. I really love Moneyball. I love that movie so much, and every time I, I really just reread the book Moneyball, and then I watched the movie again. I was just thinking about that while we were watching the movie. I was like, Moneyball's a great fight. I don't know why this movie. There's a moment. I think it's just it's that level of sophistication and how it's it, it has all the great moments of the sport. It has those great sequences where Kevin Costner's fucking, and I love that running gag about him telling the batters what he's going to pitch just to teach him a lesson. Yeah. Because he knows what his job is. His job isn't... He's not there to, to win, win ball games. He's there to make this guy ready for the major leagues, which is amazing. Because he never he never wavers. Like, that's all it's about the whole time. Yeah. He, like, he gets to hit dingers when he does, and that's cool. But yeah. his main thing is, like, I just got to get you ready. That's my job. And he even sacrifices his perfect... His no-hit... His no-hitter... To do to teach him, they made it very clear that it wasn't a no hitter. Oh they right, it, it was two hits, two but hits, no runs. That that's what I meant, like a no run. Because like the idea of taking away someone's no hitter is the the most bad juju in the whole world. If you sack, if you hurt a player's no hitter, that's like even if you're teaching them a lesson, that's like you, nah, you yeah. don't fuck with a no hitter. Yeah, that's true. That's very very true. Uh, what else? There's so, I mean, th- and this movie is, I think it made in the eight, early 80s, I believe. It takes place in the 60s? I'm, t- I'm looking at the cars. I'm not sure, because everything about the clothing was distinctly 80s. The hair and the clothing was so fucking But 80s. those cars were... Yeah, but I just took that as small town America having oh, maybe cars forever. Yeah, I'll buy that. I, I'm pretty sure it had to be the 80s, because he even at one point he had a Walkman on at the end. You're right. Yeah. yeah, totally 80s. So I think it was set in the 80s and they just had old 60s cars. But like, Susan Sarandon's hair was the most 80s shit. Yeah. What do you think about Susan Sarandon's character? I love Annie so much. I think she's what I want to be as a human. <laughs> like, if, that, if I was more like that, I think I'd be pretty okay with that. But you want to play the game too. You don't want to just be Annie. I mean, I've never had the athletic skill to play a game, but uh. I... I I would like to be that woman. That is my new goal, is to be Susan Sarandon's character in this movie. Yeah, her, I mean, that opening monologue is pretty fantastic. Yeah, all of, like, even that scene that there was, like, that scene where she goes and confronts him, because she's like, you told him not to fuck me, and then she just, like, the the switch to I want you was like, this is a good scene. This is a fun scene, and she's acting the hell out of it, and I love it, and I buy it. And it's a fun scene to play because it goes from her being like, I'm so angry at you to her being like, oh shit, I just realized I'm actually just super into you in this moment. Yeah. And he's so, and, and I love that it's like, because that's in a, in a lesser movie, that's the moment they would have hooked up and then Tim Robbins' character would have found out. And that's what would have caused the the loss of the, the, the streak to end. Yeah. But I, this movie just made the choice. He's like, you know that we'll make a mistake if you stay. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. And then it continues on, and the movie's not about that. And I love that the movie isn't about stupid bullshit. It was just an actual portrait of minor league ball. Yeah, it's it's not really... It's it, it's a character study. Yeah. It's not interested in whether the team... It's not about... It's not like, you know... And I like the movie Major League, but it's not like, well, the team is going to lose the franchise. We're going to lose the... It's going to go to Florida or wherever that team is going if we don't win enough games. It's also a sports movie not centered around the idea of winning a championship, which is rare. Winning at all. Yeah. It's about the game. Yeah. There was like no point where they're like, no, we're going to lose the championship to Vagerville. But yeah. That I wasn't mean, there. No, at one point they bring up as like they're tied for first, but it doesn't seem to matter. Yeah. The movie was it decidedly not about what the team was doing. It was just about the people. And I love that. Yeah. That's a cool way to do a sports movie. I've never even considered that you could just, yeah, you don't have to center it on some bullshit. Again, Matt, Matt well, I think now, it's like, I, I can't imagine this would be an easy pitch now. Unless you're literally just doing a remake of Bull Durham and then people go, oh yeah, that's fine because that's how that ends. Well, that's what that's about. Well, that's what I like about older sports movies. It's one of the weird good things about Slapshot is it just ends on like a weird time. 
Like it just sort of like the la- like the last line of that movie. His wife leaves him, and they're like, "Will you be back?" And he goes, "Will she? W- were you guys gonna get back together?" And he goes, "Oh, for sure." Like that's I'm like, no man. She very concretely told you you're alone now. <laughs> and those movies just end in these weird melancholy. Like it's okay. It's not great. It's fine. I love the idea that sports movies just end with and it's fine. Yeah. Well, that's a more realistic ending. Like I was actually I was. As as it was nearing towards the end of this movie, I was expecting it to end a beat earlier. I was expecting at first when they were just dancing in the middle of the night during their their drunken fuck not fest. drunken the fuck fest. I was like, I can have the credits come up right now. Yeah, and I'd be happy. But that said, I did like basically the epilogue they give us after. Yeah, where he goes and gets his his home run record, although nobody seems to celebrate or care. I, and I thought it's like, oh, is this where the movie's going to end? Because that's such a melancholy note to end on. And it ended on a slightly less melancholy ending, but it's still like baseball is ends very sadly for the majority of people who play it professionally. But they've both grown up. She's she's not gonna be that woman that just picks yeah. a new player every year. Yeah. Again, to quote Moneyball, they all get told they can't play the children's game eventually. Ugh. Ugh. It's such a, like it's such a weird thing of like when you, I guess when you play for professional sports, you had a dream when you were five years old. And it came true. And then at some point, you're, you're 28, you're 35, you're 40. This extended part of your childhood that you are so fortunate to have goes away. And then you have the majority of your life left. Yeah. But what's nice is like even to, to bring it back around to that conversation we were having about you know, Kevin, Kevin Costner's crash being the intelligent baseball player. You know, what's nice about the ending is that he still has hope of going to the show. It's just through a different way. Yeah, and that's cool that he has the, he has that, like, light at this tunnel. Because his character does seem like, yeah, you just never had the athletic prowess that you needed to have the career you wanted. But you're smart, and you probably, he would be, I think, a decent manager based on the way he coached uh, Nuke the whole movie. Like, it seems like, like, yeah, this is a natural fit. This guy could be really great as a manager. So why didn't they make Bull Durham 2, where you got them back in the same team, they're both at the show? It would, it would be so cheesy and it would shit. Be so, that's, that's, that's what Major League is. They did that and they called it Major League. Yeah. Oh, except, this movie was not. very good. I loved it. It was just like, oh, this wasn't anything I thought it was going to be. And every time I was like, oh, is it going to do this? I'm like, oh, thank you. Thank you for not doing that. Thank you for being smarter than... Well, everyone's doing the best they can do, too, right? It's like everyone, nobody... I love Robert Wool's character. He's like the assistant manager. Yeah. Oh, and such just, a fun character. And just every time, the, the nonsensical jargon that's just coming out of his mouth during the games, I really enjoyed that. I really loved Annie's character just being like a very pro-sex woman and that never being like, she's a fucking slut. Everyone's just like, yeah, just what she does. She's great. We hear, we hear she's great at sex. And even Millie, the character that is also very uh, sexually active. At one point, the guy chirps her and is like, well, what are you going to do when she finds out? She, uh, what do you What do you think he's going to do when she they find out she's blown half the league? And like... Uh, Crash. Crash is immediately like... I'll break your jaw. I'll break your jaw. Don't talk about her like that. Yeah. And everyone's like, you're right. Yeah. I like this movie. It was oddly like pro-women enjoying sex. And I was like, okay. I yeah. like this movie. And then Millie gets with the the Jesus guy. Yeah, and they're happy and like it's not no one is a dick about it. They're just like, oh, they're two kids and they're in love. Let it happen. No, well, because Annie is Annie is like this magical thing that the team has. That, yeah. and, and they know that it's like again, it's like you don't fuck with something that works. Yeah. This force is so funny with like with jinxing and things like that. It's so funny. Yeah. Ugh. It's funny. There are and there's some moments that you're like, oh, now you're being a movie. Like when he, uh, when when Crash does leave her place the first time, and he's like, "These are the things I believe in." Oh no, what is it? Oh, that long monologue of these. Yeah, the, uh, these are the things I believe in. Or so, yeah, that's what it is. And Christmas on Christmas morning, not Christmas Eve. I'm like, yeah, great. You're not German. We get it. Yeah, but it's just it feels like that's one of those moments where I'm like, "Oh, you're being a movie right now," but this is pretty good writing. Yeah, this monologue that was a fun like list of things he likes, and very weird and specific. It would have been great if she undercut it somehow and mocked him for, like, having that list just ready. I mean, some of the list I was like, you believe that Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone. I kind of want to dig down on that and be like, 
how? Yeah, cool. Well, even just that, like, a moment where she's like, can we just talk about that for a second? Yeah. And then, but then it keeps on going. Yeah. Just something to break up. I would have, I'm a, I'm a big fan of undercutting, like, the moment. Yeah. So, uh. It's just a very interesting monologue. I was like, well, this really let me know everything about this person. And, and I have questions and I'm interested in them. Just yeah. based on the things they have listed. So, I love listing, honestly, celebrate Christmas on Christmas morning. Because most people do that. And I'm like, yeah, man, like, I, I, only certain... Some people do. No, it's a German thing. German people do. I remember that. Yeah, but it's a thing. Some people do. Some yeah, people don't. Yeah, it's very funny to me, but I was like, yeah, you're the majority of people. <laughs> to like be like, hey, let me hear you hear something. Here's a wild take. I like dogs. You're like, all right, dude. Like, sure. No one's going to fight you on that. Some people would fight you. They'd say they're cat people. I mean, you can be both. You can be both. I love both. I do love both. We had cats growing up. I had this great cat that used to... My uh, my sister had it declawed, but it would give the best back scratches. Ooh, it would just that. climb up on you and give you the best. This little get their feet in there. The best. And then I got Rufus the Wonder Dog right here. Aww. It's snoring away. Yeah. So happy. So asleep. Uh, you mentioned the music at one point. Yeah, the music in this movie was great. The whatever the song was during their fuck fest, I think it was called 60 Minute Man, because that was what it yep. kept coming back to, and I was like, but the, the premise was confusing of the song, and I was like, I need to go listen to this, because it seemed to be, I'm a 60 Minute Man, I go all night long. I'm like, those are conflicting statements you're giving me. Maybe it's just that, well, he only needs 60 minutes to recover between bouts. Maybe. It was a very, I was like, I need to listen to the lyrics of this song, because I, I, I like it. it, I like it, but I'm like, wait a second, are those just completely separate thoughts? Yeah. I loved that, and we uh, didn't realize until the end that the uh, the clown prince of baseball was actually the real guy. That's nuts. So he must be like a minor league trope. Not trope, but like That's staple. one of the things I love about minor league baseball is they all have their own stuff to make it a draw. Because the only way that you get people out is to make it feel like a community thing. Uh, man, a couple years ago, it was the most missed opportunity in baseball, but the New York Yankees had a contest to rename one of their affiliate teams, and the number one, the number one selected name was, uh, Pizza Rats, <laughs> and the Yankees vetoed it, because they're not fun, but, like, I was like, you fucked up. That, that is the best name for it. Like, I would immediately go out and buy a Pizza Rats jersey. Well, that's to say, also, you can't do online contests like that anymore because people just, the power of the internet, wasn't that, they did that to name a boat? Boaty McBoatface. Boaty McBoatface, yeah. Well, the thing is, like, everybody liked it. What do you care if everybody's happy? Yeah. It's not like it was like a, like, you know, the New York Nazi supporters. It was like a fun, like, New pizza York rats. pizza rats? That rules. That's true. Then you get a pizza sponsor. Yeah. Like, How hard is this? Pizza rats is immediately a team that everybody is on board with. I don't know why you wouldn't take yeah, it. Yeah, we know what this is. Also, it's like a decidedly New York thing. Well, what was the name of the, the team that uh, Costner went to? The Visitors? What a terrible and kind of a sad name for a minor league team. It's like everyone's just passing through. Yeah, that is a very on-point name <laughs> for a minor league team. Well, and also which one they invented for this movie, so it almost feels a bit heavy on the I'm metaphor. I'm sure it actually is a real team. There are some cool, weird minor league team names. My favorite is the Rumble Ponies. Yeah. That's a great... I'm like, I'm on board with Rumble Ponies immediately. Love that. This, this Those old stadiums. Oh, There's something magic. I've never been to a ball game in the States. They're fun. I know. I Even every... I, I think next time I'm in New York or if I'm ever in... I've only been in Chicago as a layover. So it's like, I'd, always, I'd love to go to Wrigley. I'd love to go to you know, any of those old ballparks. I, I love Wrigley. So have you, you been to Wrigley? Yeah, I've been to Wrigley. Because uh, like when you, before uh, before the Cubs got World Series-y, um, uh, we used to go, you'd go down to Chicago all the time to do like weird improv workshops. Oh, then, right. That makes sense. And then like the people in your class would be like, you want to go see a ball game. There's no money. And, like, like when the Jays used to be cheap. Uh, and it's super fun. I know. I remember that when I was a kid, like, just getting free tickets in the mail sometimes. Jay, like... Or do really discounted like, tickets. They were, like, four bucks to sit in the 500s not that long ago. Like, truly under ten bucks to go to a Jays game not that long ago. And then they got good. And now they're... This year, I think, is going to be not a good year for the Jays. Like, I think it's going to be a hard winning year. But I think it's... If you're a big baseball fan, I think it's going to be an interesting year because everyone's going to be young and hungry and cool. Yeah. I was I was big into the Jays when I was a kid, especially because that's when 
they won their back to backs. And I used to, I used to, I was, I'm from a small town, not, not near Toronto, like an hour and a half from it. But my mom and I would like take the train in and go to games every now and then. And then, you know, I wasn't in Toronto for a bit. And that, but now that my son, my son is huge into baseball, loves baseball. And I, I, uh, I sponsor a baseball team and coach. That's so fun. In the summers now, but now that's one of our things too that we every summer we go to at least a handful of games. I go to a ton. Like we became a baseball family kind of maybe in the last couple of years because it was Edmonton. We grew up in I grew up in Edmonton, so I was an Oilers fan. And then when I moved here, I really tried to learn to love the Leafs. Like I truly gave it my everything. Uh, it it didn't it didn't pan out. It didn't pan out. My parents really really pushed for me to become a Leafs fan, and I just got kind of it was it was a bummer because we didn't get all of the Oilers games, so I wasn't seeing my hockey team, and I was like, I have no sports. All of the people I know don't watch hockey. I don't like this city. And then my parents took me to see a Jays game, and I watched Roy Halladay pitch, and I was like, I think I love this game. Nice. Like I watched him pitch, and I was like, I just immediately fell in love with the sport. And I used to just go to Jays games just to watch Roy Halladay pitch. And luckily, Edmonton doesn't have a ball club. Oh, we have the prospects. But you don't have a like a major no, yeah. league. Well, yeah, I remember my parents taking me to a prospects game when I was a kid. I think it was prospects. But the first time my parents took me to a game, I thought it was a punishment. It was truly one of the most miserable sporting events I've ever been to. It was like a rain delay game, so we'd like stand under bleachers, and it was awful, so slow. And I feel like it was like a a ball game that was a one nothing. I can only imagine that if you don't like baseball, it's probably as fun as watching golf. Well, my parents didn't explain it to us at all. So, yeah. like when you're a kid, if you don't know what the magic of baseball and the duel between a pitcher and a batter and like all the things that are happening, if you don't know the minutia of the game, it's very boring to watch. And in the last couple of years, both my parents have gotten like pretty big into the Jays, and now yeah. they're all excited to talk about it. I was like, what? where was this when I was a kid? I want, I would have loved to be to be with my parents this excited about baseball. Yeah, it's fascinating. Even it's interesting because my wife is not into sports at all, and so even her coming to games with my son and I and watching him talk about it the way he does, she's just like enamored by his love of the game and his understanding of it. It's really hard to love a team unless somebody initiates you into that. Yeah. Uh, but sports, like in general, like when we, my son really wanted to watch the the Super Bowl. Um, the other night, and I used to play football. I was I was a starting center. Like we went won championships. That was, that was my nice. sport growing up. Was football, and I was pretty good at it. Um, and my wife was just like, I don't get football at all. And I just broke it down and I explained it to her. And then she all of a sudden she's like, Oh shit! So this is like the chess of of like physical sports. It's like yes, it's a coach's yeah. game. It's small plays. It's not this ongoing thing. It's a very very well crafted game. Where you put brutes <laughs> against each other, but you're playing executed things, and it's kind of like, you know, rolling the dice every time, and and, and fucking with the other team, and, and trying to tr- scope them out and trick them out. Like, there's so much. Yeah. Anyway. That football. being said, this week's Super Bowl was the most boring thing I have ever watched. It, but if you if you're if you love defense, it was a pretty Does remarkable defensive love game. No, defense? it's a boring. No. Boring as fuck. I stopped watching at the halftime because I just knew where it was also, going. Yeah, you was like, I, it's fine if the Patriots win. I don't like it. But I'm like, oh, they're going to win and the rest of the game was just so fucking boring. I didn't bother. It was like, as soon as halftime came, it was like, they were up. I'm like, this is not, this is a defense game nonstop. The Patriots are going to outplay them. It's, I'm not going to watch it. But, um... Again, it's like it's like the you know the old saying that is like the most exciting things that happen on a war don't happen on the on the field. It happens in the war rooms. And totally, the, in those conversations, and that was what that game was. Yeah, yeah, it was a uh, not the most party. Like we were no, all, it was, all my friends drinking. And we're all like, ugh, bring on the also. Okay, I don't know if you caught this. Did you get to watch the American feed? I think we did because we got good commercials. Yeah. So did you see the Bud Light Knight get murdered? No. So they had a commercial, and they killed the Bud Light Knight. Like, the mountain from Game of Thrones came, crushed his skull, and then a dragon from Game of Thrones came, and it, this Bud Light commercial ended up being a Game of Thrones. And I tweeted something like, sorry, is the Bud Light Knight dead? And then Bud Light tweeted at me, and they're like, he's gone. He's done. Wow. Honestly, it's a bold move to be like, okay, here's our Super Bowl idea. We're going to kill our new mascot. <laughs> 
But we talked about it. I know, we're talking about it, but I was like, this is a dark way to advertise your beer. And what better time to do it than Super Bowl Sunday? I'm still not going to drink a Bud Light, Bud Light, because I'm like, I like myself, so. Yeah, that's funny. But why did you do this? That's hilarious. Who knows? Honestly, all, even the Super Bowl commercials I've said this year were pretty boring. That was the one that stood out was, we murdered somebody. The rest were just like, what? I didn't even go back. I just, I think the only thing I noticed was trailers. Yeah, the, there's an Avengers one, I think. The Avengers one was, was decent. Um, yeah. Yeah, but, but there was a, it was a very, top to bottom, it was the most boring sporting event I've watched in so long. Yeah. Not, not. Well, Even that yeah, halftime show, the fake out of they were going to play the goddamn Spongebob song and then they didn't. I was like, I am so mad right now. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's I mean, to think about that game is kind of like to, to kind of bring it back around to the conversation we were having before we watched the movie about like spectacle versus, you know, substance. And it's like that game really, when you look at it, is, it had like great substance in the terms of like the calculations of the plays they were doing, but it didn't have any of the spectacle. Yeah. You'd probably do a good character study movie about that game. Yeah. It'd be but, an interesting movie. But there's like, where was the the big plays? Where was the big exciting catches and throws? And like, they weren't doing any of that shit. Tom Brady is so interesting because I feel like he is the, the greatest uh, athlete that everybody collectively has been like, ugh, this guy. <laughs> I know. He's like, only won six Super Bowls now. Yeah, but like, I don't remember everyone ever being like, ugh, Gretzky. Like, I don't remember people ever disliking the greatest athlete of a sport this much ever. It's hilarious. It's so weird. It's yeah, it's a funny thing. Uh back to Bull Durham. Bull Durham. Here's my question. It's the Durham Bulls. Why is the movie Bull Durham? No. Because I assumed fucking, his name was going to be Bull Durham. I have no idea why I mean that's a better than calling it the Durham Bulls. I don't know why uh why that is. Yeah, I was just very, I was, because I really thought his name was going to be Bull Durham. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, the, but it's the Durham Bulls. Well, then why did, like, it was, I got stuck on that for like two minutes, just being like, well, why is it called Bull Durham then? Some nerd on the internet can tweet at us and tell us why. Please we'll look it up tell later. Me. It's going to bother me. I'll have to look it up later. Uh, any, so you, I mean, you are, you, you've written a sports movie thing. Yeah. Is this, how does this inspire you? I mean, I, I, I'm a big fan of uh, athletic movies that end on more somber notes. That is a true... I think that's very real and interesting. I'm also just a big fan of, like... I don't know. I'm very inspired by this movie. Let's itself have fun. And be like, yeah, yeah, the sport's whatever. But let's talk about how these characters interact. is always so fun. Yeah. And I love that you feel like there's this real friendship between the two of them. And that there is this... Even though he's the young buck who's just being a smartass, he... You know, the, he has a true respect for a crash by the end. Even by the middle, really. But then the irony is is, is the thing that, like, that Crash was probably most annoyed by at the beginning of the movie is one of his parting pieces of advice is, like, be aggressive and be cocky. Don't yeah. lose that because it's like, you need that or they'll eat you alive. Yeah. Which is the thing you try to beat out of him throughout the entire movie. Yeah. And then it was like, don't lose that. <laughs> That thing that I just beat out of you. Yeah. But you get it, too. The idea that it's like... Because Crash says he spent 21 days in the show and it was the best 21 days oh, of his life. Oh, everyone on the bus be so excited to hear what it's like in the show was so charming and so sad? Because you're like, oh, yeah, I guess most of these people aren't going to make it. And they already know it's not going to happen. Yeah, because it would have happened by now. Yeah, like, if you're going to be the hotshot, it would have it happened... They talk about that all the time of like uh, minor league, like 32 year old goalies being like, oh, next year's the year I get called up to the NHL and how that statistically does not happen. And they just so desperately believe in like what the toll it takes on guys to watch guys not know where they are in the pecking order and like what's good, what their career is going to be is so hard. And I think that's, and so the best hope for those guys is what happens to Crash at the end of this is like he gets a shot at maybe being a manager. Yeah. Oh man, sports are so brutal. Your 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 career could very well be over in your like thirties, and then you don't have anything if you don't be get fall into coaching. It can be over faster. Like, you yeah. know, I'd say if if you get the wrong injury, then all of a sudden <sighs> it's such a crapshoot. But there's there's also, I mean, especially when you're playing at that level, 
you know, and the difference between these these minor leagues and the major leagues are millions of dollars. Well, even like my, I have a younger brother who's a, in a minor league um, hockey team in Australia, and the, my brother is a winger. He's like a decent winger, but the value he brings to the team is he's a doctor, and they don't have those. What? So, like, if you get injured, they like, they have to take you to the actual hospital. There's no one there. So, like, my brother brings this added value of like our team has like someone who knows what to do if a bat if something goes down. So he's Doctor Hockey. Yeah, player? he's Doctor Hockey player. Why have you not made a TV show about this guy? This is just something recent that he's like, yeah, I get. It. He's in like the second tier of Australian hockey. You don't understand this. Okay, we. You, this is a procedural that has not been made. This is the medical procedural. This is something the CBC wants so badly. You got to be working on this tomorrow. Yeah. You got to wake up and start working on Doctor Hockey. Ugh. Yeah, you didn't tell me. Doc they, Hockey. They won their championship this year too. Like it's got a good season arc. I'm telling you. You're a fool if you're not if you're not oh. developing this concept. Also, just think it's really important that you know his number is number sixty nine. Amazing. <laughs> Everything about it is like Doctor Hockey number sixty nine. This is amazing. He's a two way player. But it's great. And then what you do is you make sure everyone else on the team also has this other. This, it's like there's superpowers. Like well, one they all guy's have a, day jobs. Yeah, one guy's a lawyer, so that way if someone gets a ticket, he can get him out of it. He told me that a lot of them. I think a lot of people on his team are like like were KHL or like kind of just reminded league Russia who came here for some reason. Like, so there's a lot of like weird talent on their team. This is phenomenal. Also their league. So in the second, I think it's in his league because there isn't enough women's hockey in this league of hockey. Women are allowed to play if they're good enough. All of this is very appealing to me. I want to watch this show. A lot of us. And you have to have, I think you have to have a certain amount of Australians on your team too. This is great. I smell a co-production. <laughs> this is this is a phenomenal idea. Everyone tune in in two to three years. Doctor Hockey. Alice's new show. Doc, no, it's Doc Hockey. Doc Hockey. Because it kind of has a. I oh think, yeah. yeah. Doc yeah. Hockey. Docky. Docky. No, no, it's, it's too, too far. Too much. You went too far. You're Doc Hockey. <laughs> Doc Hockey. Uh, I will be directing the pilot. Okay. <laughs> Tommy would be so stoked to find out we've already taken his life rights, whether he wants it or not. It's true. We gotta, we gotta play hardball. You gotta get those rights before this episode drops. Oh, he can give me the rights for sure. Great. Okay, I like that this is happening. Uh, any final thoughts? This is a good movie. I can't believe I haven't seen it. Me either. I can't wait to dive into the special features on the, on the disc. Yeah, I think I'm gonna like do a deep dive on the Wikipedia of this and be like, tell me all the things about this movie. Yeah. I'm so glad that I waited to watch it with you. Yeah, this is a great one for me to watch. Even though I'm so sad that I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, I but can't believe I've never seen this movie before. It is so up my alley. Yeah, we did good. Yeah, it was a good one. All right, so if you haven't seen... Well, I'm hoping that you haven't listened to this conversation where we've spoiled everything. But uh, if you're one of those weird people who I still adore that, that listens to podcasts like this without having seen the movie, you should watch the movie because it's great. Yeah, it was a delightful movie. All right, well, thanks for coming over. Thank you for having me. Let's all go to the Thanks for joining us for Bull Durham. Black Hole Films is a proud member of the That Shelf Podcast Network. You can listen to other episodes of our show and other That Shelf podcasts on thatshelf.com. Please subscribe, leave comments, spread the word, do all the things that let others know you like the show and how they can check it out. You can find me on Twitter, at Lon Jeremy, and go to Facebook and join the group Black Hole Films. And until next time, go watch something you've never seen before. Thanks. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat.